Welcome to Orpening Me. This is Saratova Beth. Good Chaydesh. Mishanichnas other Marbin Besimcha. So it's Parshas Mishpatim, and it's Rosh Chaydesh. It's the end of it's the end of the month of Shvat, and it's the beginning. It's Rosh Chaydesh other. So that means, as we said, we are able to affect huge changes in the world by being Besimcha in these thirty days. So where do we see? One of the things that's a great source of simcha, or from being the simcha, from dancing, what can we affect? Something called swords into plowshares. That means, it's not a simple thing to do, but it's clear. That means anything that works against us, whether it's a habit, a feeling, uh, a sword, a gun, a this or that, can be turned into a plowshare. So it's not only, you know, if you go to the museum, uh, to the United Nations, or anything like that, it's, you know, they show these statues. The concept is the following. Imagine this, that um, we thought when it says in, where is it, in Yeshaya, I think, that he says, you know, the they will beat their swords into plowshares. It's a big, it, it, it's a big, um, um, it's a famous saying, and it's, it's I think, in the Hatar, it's in Yeshaya, as if I, Got it right here. I'm going to look. So we always thought there, there will be some guy out in the field, and he has a sword, and he goes out into the field, and he breaks it in two. And they had these pictures of it. He breaks his sword into two with on his knee or with some kind of an instrument, and then he makes it into a plowshare. And then he now he uses instead of as a sword, he uses it a plowshare. It's like a cartoon. Everybody always thought that comes along the Rebbe, and the Rebbe is showing, okay, but it's not literally that. It really means the very following, following, very simple. What's a sword? A sword is used to hurt people, God forbid. A sword is used for destruction, to bring the opposite of life. It's, a, it's not a good thing. That's one of the reasons that, the, that iron for a sword is not allowed to be used to build the base of English. So imagine anything, any instrument that's used to bring extra darkness. You know, like what's going on in America today. To bring extra darkness to the world. That's the sword. That's what it's symbolic of. And what's a plowshare? A plowshare is one of those things that you use to, um, oh, a plowshare. To plow the soil. So you can put in the seeds. You put in the seeds. You water them. The rain falls. You irrigate them. And then... It grows and you and you eat it, right? You eat it, you grow, you live, you make money, you sell it, you have a life. So one is ruin a person's life, ruin the life of the world. We know, <laughs> you know, if we want to divide it up into political parties, which we'd better not. You could say, why are why are we polarized? Why do we want this party versus that party in America? Because one party seems to be fostering true life. That's the plowshare. And the other party seems to be fostering the opposite of life, which it acts like it's there to make everything more liberal and easier, but it's really against Hashem, which is against life building, life force, etc. And one of the simplest ways we see it is one party is for people being born with a gender and keeping that gender that they have. And then, you know, they get married and they have, you know, they 
give birth to a family, right? And the other party, so that means life, continuation of life. And then the other party is, well, if no, if people keep changing their gender all the time, well, there's not much continuity to the generations. So that's the sword. So we have it, right? We have these two realities happening right in front of us. And, and the, the nevua is that there will come a moment when we start to beat our swords into plowshares. Take all of the things that were life destroying and use the same things to be life creating. So that means in our personal lives too. That means the things that weren't working in my life, I don't have to throw them away and go to something new. I just figure out how to use them for something good. An example would be technology is not so great. There are a lot of things about technology that are not so healthy for a person's immune system. Okay? So when we use the same technology, the bad news is the technology is not so good for a person's immune system to be around the cell phone and all these other things. The good news is the same thing, the same technology is used to protect us against the negative effects of technology. So the same stuff, it was used against us, now it's used for us. So essentially, so the Rebbe said there was a moment, we went through all of history, and then there came a moment when we sit, when, when the Nasiadar looks at it and says, it started, it started, this is the beginning, it started. Well, how do you know it started? What happened was, it was Parshas Mishpatim, like this week, and it was Erev Shabbos, and the heads of the countries, um, it, of that, the heads of all of the nations came together and they made a decision that they want to destroy a lot of the armaments. They don't want to use, spend so much money on weaponry and instead, what are they going to use? What are they going to do? They're going to take that weaponry and they're going to take the money that normally was meant for all kinds of weapons and instead they'll use it for the country's economy. What is that really? The Rebbe says, and they all decided together. And that would bring peace among them. And they were moving towards peace. So the Rebbe says, that really is the beginning of the Chitzuchar Baisam Le'itim. They'll beat their swords into plowshares. And the interesting thing is that the President of the United States, who was in 1992, George Bush, was it? Maybe. George Bush Sr. The President of the United States, um, he had to, uh, and other countries, they came here, I think, and this is what they decided on. When did it happen? It was Erev Shabbos, I think it was Wednesday, Erev Shabbos, so it was just yesterday, and they said, this is what we're going to do. And it was ratified by Basin of Charmagas Congress, where they they vote on different laws that go al So the Rebbe says we really have to think into what this is. What does it have to do with when it happened, what parsha it happened in, what day, what month, what year? Why did it all happen now? And what does it have to do with bringing the Geula? So here the Rebbe says one of the prophecies of the Geula, Mitzvah Shlema, 
is, as I said, the chitzu harvaisim leitim v'chanitos sehim lemizmorot, and the famous song la yitzah goyel goycherev la yumaduod milchama. I can't sing it, but it's from Yeshaya. This is a whole nevula. They'll beat their swords into plowshares. They'll other kinds of instruments. They'll make them into musical instruments, and one nation will not lift up a sword against another, and they won't do war anymore. So now, remember, it's not only a political statement, it means it's a social statement, and it becomes a statement. Once this moment happens, we'll see in a second, once this moment happens, as we're assuming that it happened already, we'll see, then that means that on a personal level, each of us is in a situation where, even though it doesn't feel like it, especially now, because things are so wild in the world, we are capable now of turning all the negative things that are working against us in our life into assets, into advantages. Why? Because that's part of the nevuah. So who does all this? Who beats the swords into plowshares? It says it's done, it says in Radak, through Melech Mashiach. That's why he says, V'shafet rabim. He judges between the nations. Ashaifet Melech Mashiach. It's Mashiach himself. He becomes the leader of the whole world, and he and he brings the world to a certain consciousness. Now, it's not only that he brings the world to a certain consciousness, he empowers us as his shluchim to bring the world together to a certain consciousness. Of what? Geula consciousness. Instead of the negative, the positive. Instead of war, peace. Remember in the 60s? Right? Let's not make war. But there should be peace between one nation and another. And we'll see what it had to do with the 60s. And then, now, if there's no more war, since there will come a moment where there won't be any war anymore, well, then you won't have to have weapons of war. And then what's the point of spending your money on stuff that's useless? It's like, you know, imagine if you had a company. I've known people like that. They they invested in, let's say, um, um, electric electric typewriters nobody nobody's going to buy electric typewriters anymore there are there are all these people have warehouses full of all these old machines that um you know like digital tape recorders or stuff like that nobody wants them so you know they, they can't even sell sell them on ebay so if there would be when there comes a moment when there's no more war anymore why are you going to need weapons what are you going to do with them put them in your warehouse or burn them so they decided at that moment, they said, let's burn them. I think they went into the middle of the desert and they blew up a bunch of stuff. Because it says at the end of the days, they will, all the nations will stream to him, to Mashiach. And they'll say, let us go up to Harashem, to Beis Eloke Yaakov, and we will learn from his ways, and we will go in his ways. Who is this? Everybody's going to look to Mashiach and they're going to want to learn from his way. They're going to see that his mindset is the mindset that we want to have. So who is that? Who is that? Ramayra, who's the one they're going to look up to? Melech Mashiach. And on him it says Mashiach. He will judge between the nations. Says the Rebbe, so I bet you wondered when that would happen. We've been singing the song where you said Goyal Gosher for lots of years. We've been talking about this. Yeshaya was a few thousand years ago. So we've been talking about this for these few thousand years. When will it happen? 
Rebbe said, just happened. This was 30 years ago. Because in these days, they made a decision, the heads of government, they made a decision together in the UN to reduce and destroy weapons of war and use the money for economic purposes, essentially, so to speak, to feed people, to help people, to increase the economy, to give people more goodness. It doesn't feel like it now because it was 30 years ago and now we're, it feels like a backslide. We're not in the backslide. It's just moving forward more, just in a sick phase, obviously. But the fact that they said, let's reduce armaments, all the countries together, and let's blow up whatever with some of what we have, and let's take the money and use it for agriculture and for food and for things that are good for the people, to help people have lives, says the Rebbe, this is the taichen of these words, the chitzuchavartam they will beat their swords into plowshares. Meaning, they'll break their weapons of war, and they'll make them into instruments for farming, for food, to make money, to eat, to survive, to grow, to be healthy, to have a life, to have a society. So it says it's because Eretz Mimeni Yetzalechem, they'll turn these into um, what, instruments for the earth, Eretz Mimeni Yetzalechem. Instruments for the earth so that you can have bread come out of it. Food. Says the Rebbe, this is a clear sign on the beginning of the fulfillment of this declaration. Okay. So at that moment, it was Wednesday, like yesterday. Parshish Mishpatim. Perfect. Just like Wednesday. Just like yesterday. Tafshin Nun So it was almost 30 years ago. Right? Okay. 30 years ago minus one. So, very simple. The Rebbe is saying, we're in the highest times now. That was 30 years ago. For Bias Mashiach. He needs a Melech Mashiach Ba. So what do we see? We see that Mashiach is already doing what he's put into this world to do. What is Mashiach here to do? To judge between the nations. Bring a whole new mindset into the world. A, a new consciousness of Growth, geula, positivity, peace, cooperation, a whole new mindset. That's what Mashiach is here in the world to do, and he will beat the, the swords into plowshares. How does it happen? Hashem puts into the hearts of the kings, of the nations, to make a decision that they want to do this. Where did it come from? We'll see at the end. But the heads of state decide, you know what, enough war. Okay, where we stand now with the whole idea of the uh, Iran and what's going to be, I guess it's all pieces of the puzzle. Pieces of the puzzle. But anything that happened 29 years ago, it doesn't go back. It's a piece of moving forward in some form. So that's the reason that this decision was made at this time, because it has everything to do with Mashiach. So let's figure out. Where did they make this decision? When did they make this decision? Okay, let's figure out where. So what happened in um, um, the place where it happened in this country, and it happened in the city of Beis Rebbeinu Shabbat 
Interesting. Why did they do it here? Shouldn't they do it in Washington? Well, not today. You have to get inside the wall. <laughs> Forget that. But but you need to do it if you're going to make such a decision. First of all, you need to be in a place where you're literally in the presence of Mashiach, in the, within the light of Mashiach himself, and therefore you're going to take a very geuladic step. For the nation to take such a geuladic step means they have to be in um, in a place where the in the presence, so to speak, in proximity to Mashiach. So they weren't going to do it in Washington. Well, we can see why now. But but those people, the heads of state, came to talk together for peace peaceful means. But even the president of the United States left Washington. And he came here. Why did he come here? He came to New York. Why does he think he came to New York? Well, that's the place where the United Nations is. They all came to New York. Why did they really come to New York? To make this this crucial Mashiach decision. Because this is the place of Beis Rudet, That's the real reason. Beis Chayenu. Beis Knesset, Beis Medrash, Beis Tarit, Filig, Muzchasad, and Azifre, where he spent the place from which Kimitsi and Tetzetar is, the place from which Tari comes out. So, and therefore, if they're going to do something that's totally Mashiachic, they're going to come to the place of Mashiach and do it there. And we want to say um, one other thing about about the place, or actually a couple of things. Because when the Friedrich Rebbe and the Rebbe came to America, we want to see when did they come. They came, they settled here. What did they do? They came to this half of the globe. The other half of the globe, Europe and Asia, was always permeated with Torah. This was the half of the globe that never had any. They came here and they brought everything that was on the other half of the globe, all that Torah learning, they brought it here to a basic wasteland. And they made this the center that sends out light to the whole world. So, so again, so the Rebbeim came, they brought everything. Imagine this wealth of, of light on the other half of the globe. Europe, Asia, a place near Matan Tyrus, a place near Icena. Uh, for for 3,000 years, a wealth of light. Over here is no light at all. They bring it over. The Friedrich Rebbe and then the Rebbe come over. They put their foot on American soil, this half of the globe. Boom! It starts to activate the whole process. Question is, if it took 3,000 years, that half of the globe, how long will it ta- take for a Torah to proliferate and build up this half of the globe? Well, it took a very short time. It took actually, four, well, at, from the moment... Uh, 50 years. Right, 50 years. They came in 1940, 41. Let's say the Rebbe came in 1941. This was 1991. 50 years. Took a So, and one of the things is that, um, again, when was this all happening? This was happening in the time of Okay, let's go back to, to, to where is it happening. This decision about swords into plowshares. 
it happened in, as we said, the city of Nesidarenu. And, um, and as we said, the president had to leave his place and he had to come here. It's interesting that he had to leave his place and he had to come here. It was, so to speak, a rep, a, 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 a symbolic move to show, not that he knew, he didn't say, all right, well, people of America, I need to actually go now to New York to make this, this, this history altering decision because they need to be in the presence of Mashiach himself. He didn't quite say that. It wasn't something that he was so aware of. He said, we're doing this in the United Nations, which happens to be in, in, in New York. But if there's anything that's true, it's that the United, United Nations doesn't just happen to be in New York. There's a reason why the United Nations is in New York. The first thing is the United Nations, we'll see in a minute, when it was created. It was created, ultimately, it's still waiting to get there, to be a center for um, peace, for global peace, Mashiachtic peace. That's why on 41st Avenue, where the UN is, there's across the street, Isaiah's wall. Same Nevoah, Yeshaya. What does it say on the wall? They will beat their swords into plowshares. It's written on the wall. Right there. Yeshaya. What are they saying by engraving it on the wall? We went there once, not so many years ago. What is it, why, what does the United Nations mean by engraving on the wall? They're saying the purpose of the United Nations is that they will beat their swords into plowshares. That is what the whole thing is about. And there won't be war anymore between any nations. And that's why we're making this United Nations. And it's been taking us many years. It really, they're not quite there yet. But, but ultimately, they will use it as a place where there, it will create peace between all the nations according to Yeshaya. And that place was, uh, I think, supposed to be in somewhere in Europe, and then they didn't, at the end, I think Rockefeller gave money to do it in New York. So they think there was funding to do it in New York, and who knows what else all the political machinations were. But we know, because Tyrus says, they did it in New York, because this is the place of Beis Yerushim above. This is the place of Mashiach himself. So that's why they did it here. So, again, we're going to get back to the personal part of it um, in a minute. And so, because it's the place of Malkei Rabbanan, the place, the place of Mashiach himself, that's why they had to come here. Okay. Um, let's look into when this whole decision was made. Let's beat our swords into plowshares. And then, how does it affect us? So the decision was made, when did the United Nations start? It says that the United Nations actually started in the beginning of World War II. There was some talk about it. And then when the Cidarenu came here, to this half of the globe, in 1951-52, around, that's when they made the decision to, um, they made the decision to have this United Nations. And then, uh, th no, sorry, that was, uh, sorry, no, in the 40s, in the middle of the war in, in Tuxin Base, right, in 1941, 42, that's when they made a decision 
that they're going to have this United Nations. For what? For world peace. Why? Because the Friedrich Rebbe and the Rebbe had just come to America. So, because once, as I said, once they put their foot on American soil, everything that was there in the luminous part of the world was now transferred over to here, boom, to the dark part of the world. And the whole process went into quick activation. It's kind of like the virus, like, just touch it, like, boom, but just activates quickly. That's when all of a sudden the nations woke up and said, oh, my goodness, we need to have a, we need to have a worldwide uh, organization that will make peace and eat our stories into plowshares. Why did they feel it? Because they felt something in their muzzle that it's Geula in some way, that the time has come. You know, it says about the nations of the world, they may not know consciously why they're doing certain things, but their mazel will feel it. It says about Daniel, I think, that everybody was shaking and in trepidation. Everybody was in, in, in great fear and awe, and they didn't know why. They were just all shaking. They didn't know why, but their mazel could see what was going on. They, they themselves couldn't. So they just knew they felt bent out of shape. These days, everybody feels bent out of shape these days. So that must mean there's very high light and everybody's mazel feels it. And, as we said, our mazel in this month, is in the mazel of the Jew, is extremely powerful. So it's connected. So here we're saying in the 40s, as soon as the Friedrich Rebbe and the Rebbe came, they said, we need a United Nations. In the 50s, uh, I think 1951-52, around that time, they said, you know what, we need a building. Well, of course they said they needed a building. What is the difference? Why do they need a building? The building means it's really substantial. It's really here. It really started. What happened in 1951-52? The Darashri began, the seventh generation. What's the seventh generation all about? Geula. What does Geula bring? Peace. What kind of peace? World peace. So as soon as the, the seventh generation started, the Rebbe accepted the Nisiyas, they felt something, and they said, we, can no, we can't just have an organization. We need a building. It has to be grounded. Peace, and the idea of peace, has to be grounded and brought down here into the world. Exactly what the Rebbe is saying. So, um, and not only that, so that's about why they came to New York and what the, what the United, United Nations is all about. And then there's one other thing. So why did they do it? This decision that they made, they did made this decision in Parshish Mishpatim. Why Parshish Mishpatim? Well, think about it. Of all the Parshish of the Tyra that a non-Jew can relate to, what are they going to relate to? Uh, Shmais, Ba'er, what, what are they going to relate to? There's one. That for them, it's their entry. It's their connection to Tyra. Mishpatim. Mishpatim deals with all kinds of things. Basic laws. You don't have to be Jewish. You know, they're not, they're not interested in checking for shatness. But the idea of being of justice, that one's for them. So this is, this is the Parsha that kind of gives them their entry into some connection with Tyra. So the minute, and one of the Mishpatim is, you know, don't kill, don't, don't steal, don't do, you know, don't, don't, don't cheat on votes. So, 
you know, et cetera, don't steal the vote, don't do all that stuff. That's one of the mishpatim, I guess. So this was the moment, the minute that the Parsha came. Think about it like this. 42 years, 42 journeys we, we wandered. After we left Mitzrayim, we wandered for 42 journeys through the desert until we came to Eretz Yisrael, until we came to the Promised Land. How long did it take us? 40 years. But how many places did we stop at? 42. Okay. Why is it important 42? That means we also are wandering in a desert. We're wandering. We spent, we've spent all these centuries wandering in the desert of the nations. And we're wandering in the desert of the nation, you know, mucking around among all of the non, uh, all of the nations, kind of just going from place to place to place and trying to find our way to Eretz Yisrael, to the promised land, to Geula. How many places can you go to? How many stops are there on this journey? 42. That was the original, 42 in the desert. So imagine this. From the minute of the beginning of the seventh generation, 1951, Yud Shvat, Tavshin Yud or Tavshin Yud let's say from the minute of of the passing of the Friedrich Rebbe, the Stalks of the Friedrich Rebbe, Yud Shvat Tavshin Yud. That means Yud Shvat, um, 1950. Count 42 years, takes you to Yud Shvat, 1992. Boom, on the dot. As soon as we finish those 42 years of this generation, meaning 42, corresponding to 42 journeys in the desert of the nations, boom, we're done. The moment came, we're not wandering anymore, we got there. We're now ready. We came to a moment, a stage in Geula, in which we're now ready for peace. We're ready for global peace. We're ready for personal peace. We're, we're, we're ready for peace in families, peace between neighbors, all kinds of peace. We're ready for a whole new type of energy, a Geula peace, whereas the whole reality of, of all of history was war, and everybody thought it was normal. That's why Vietnam, the Vietnam War was so strange because countries fought wars all the time. All of a sudden, the Vietnam War happens. When was it? I guess in the 60s? Yeah. Vietnam War happens, and everybody's objecting. What are you objecting about? For thousands of years, for a few thousand years, 4,000 years, war was one of the things we did. That's part of life. Why are people suddenly objecting to war in the 60s? Ah, it was the seventh generation, the generation of the Rebbe, generation of Mashiach. All of a sudden, we're into a new, we're into Geula. Now we're on the way to Geula. All of a sudden, all the things we did before that seemed perfectly normal, is what everybody does, they don't fit anymore. And people are objecting to war. I don't know if you had draft dodgers in other wars before that. People felt they have to, they have to fight wars. So this idea of we don't want any more war after 42 years of this generation, boom, we've come to the end. And it's not that the people are saying we don't want wars. The governments are saying we don't want war. This was, right, 1992, this was after the Gulf War. 
when the governments get together and say, we don't want war. And says the Rebbe, um, this is, how do we see it? When they said, we'll be our swords into plowshares, this was the foundation of this whole thing. So it took 42 years, and boom, here we are. Another thing is, when did it happen? We said the Parsha, Parsha Mishpatim. Not only that, uh, when did it happen? Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos. What happens on Erev Shabbos? The, all of the negative forces are destroyed in those moments of Erev. Mashpis Mazitim in the island. The Indian of Shabbos is the harmful things leave the world. Harmful things leave the world. So this came Erev Shabbos because the moment when all the harmful stuff leaves the world. Not only that, what month was it? The month of Shvat. Why was it a month of Shvat? We said, 42 years, Yud Shvat to Yud Shvat. As soon as you come, a few days later, to the Parsha that the non-Jewish world can relate to, boom, you're on target. It happened. So which day of the month did it happen? Chavav. What's Chavav? Gematri Yud Kei that's the aspect of Hashem of the future. It says, And the glory of Yudke Vavke will be revealed and all physical flesh will see that everything comes from Hashem's mouth. That's the miraculous part of Hashem in which we don't get stuck. We're not bogged down. We feel the peace becomes possible. And as it says, they won't do negative things because the whole world <coughs> will be filled with the knowledge of Yitzhak of Havaya. So, um, uh, and one other thing, um, we said this, and here, one other thing, and this is the crucial thing. So, the Rebbe asked the following. One second. Isn't it true for all of the generations, I always say this, Two guys, you go back a thousand years ago, two guys are in the marketplace. They're both wearing the same pair of boots. One says, you can't wear the same boots as me. The other one says, no, I can't. So they pull out their swords and they have a duel and one stabs the other in fatally. And what does everybody do? And he wins. What does everybody do? They say, bravo. And everybody's happy. That was normal life for the nations of the world. Bravo, they killed the other guy. Why? He he was he, he didn't stand up for my honor. That's, that was considered normal. What happened all of a sudden that they say, no, 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 no more war? You certainly thought war was good until now. So the Rebbe says that... Um, it's something that would make sense to a person, right? Except that it didn't make sense to them because we weren't at the moment where the penny would drop. Everybody knows. Why should you make war? That doesn't make any sense. It's not, it's not like suddenly they woke up and they realized, oh, what were we thinking for 4,000 years? Oh my, it's slow digestion. Why did they why did the penalty suddenly drop and all of a sudden they said, no good, no more war? And the Rebbe said, the real reason that this happened now, after what we said, 42 years, we did the 42 journeys, it's this, it's, 
etc. 42 years since Yerushvat, all of these things, it would have made sense, but they never did what made sense. And the Rebbe says, the real reason is because we're coming close to the time of Tugu'ula, when there won't be any more war. And the hachlata, the decision of the leaders of the world on Parshas Mishvatim, etc., on this day, to beat their swords into plowshares is as a result of the hachlata of Man Malchei Rabbanin, that he needs them Melech Mashiach Ba. Beginning with the Psaftin of the Friedrich Rebbe, that we finished everything, and we finished the Galus, and we're ready now for Kabbalah's Tzayi Mashiach, and the Psaftin of Rabbanin and Merharat, in, among the Yidden, that he is Managa'ula, Yaman Melech Mibes, David, Chetzus Shu Mashiach. They said, this is it, Mashiach. Once the Rabbanim and, and the Rabbeim made, made that declaration, as the Rebbe says, Psakti Misinai. It was a Psakti Misinai. And they said, Hare Zem Mashiach Levade, Psakti Misinai. Then it, then the penny dropped in the world. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the leaders of the world decided on their own, oh, my goodness, I'm glad I thought of it myself. And their decision has the strength of Dina de Malchut Dina, that war is not good anymore. So it all came together with the Parsha, with 42 years since Yod Shvat, with everything came together at that right time, that right moment, that it should come to that moment. So that's where we, that's where we came to. That moment of Geula 29 years ago. We didn't go back, backwards. It looks, you know, interesting. But where we want to take it for one last, one more moment in this is the idea that on a personal level now, it's clear that if for 29, 29 years, we've already been at the moment, as the Rebbe said, we've already been at the moment and we can't go backwards. That beating, that there are no more swords. It's all plowshares. So then I have to ask myself, all these things that I feel that are working against me, a sword, something that is looking to make trouble in my life, it's there for me on a personal level to transform it into something that will make my life better. But all the junk, all the darkness of the world, and excuse me, that's what we're facing now. There's so much junk going on in the world and so much darkness, and it gets darker and darker every day. And somehow that, those are the swords of the world. You know, all the political stuff that's going on, we're not even going to delineate it. And yet for, somehow, according to this principle that they'll beat their swords, that they have beaten their swords into plowshares, all of that darkness and the cabal and the this and the that and the deep state and the, and all that junk and all that darkness, it's there to then be transformed to life-giving gula light. How? Somehow our Avaida activates the whole thing and switches them over from the dark side to the light side. So we have a great need for that to happen now, not just nations of the world, but people in general and what's going on socially, politically, etc. And we're saying, Hashem, please bring us the Gula, turn all the darkness to light now. And we will dance in the base of Mikdash Shlishi. And we will, in this month of other and for God, not only will we paskin, that this is the way it has to be, but through our dancing and our singing, even five minutes a day, 
surely we're going to turn all that darkness to light because that's what it can do. It turns it benahapechu, the darkness upside down to light, and we'll find ourselves in a light-filled gu'ula immediately now.